You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Oh, you took it away. <laughs> oh. The moon landing or the something about the... Oh, if we get to it, uh, the Apollo yeah, I mean, moon that's landing. Appro- yeah, that's appropriate. I mean, it happened sure. yesterday, so... Well, yeah, yeah, I wasn't thinking we'd do like pics. Like I'll I'll go look for the link, but I found uh, two really great articles that I was going to point you know listeners to if they haven't oh, seen yeah. it already. One was talking about could your iPhone power a moon landing? Like the iPhone has a million times more RAM, I guess, than the Apollo Eleven. And then the other cool thing was that the little uh, was it augmented reality, the AR thing where you could land the Apollo Eleven on your coffee table. <laughs> Yeah, I fooled around with that one. Did you play bit. with it? A little yeah. bit. I saw uh, you do the rocket. Did you do the Apollo 11 as well? Well, we should uh, talk about it on the podcast. Sure. Um, I'm, and there uh, were still people. There were still people out there saying it didn't happen. I, I think know. even even this morning I was reading tweets. It was it. They didn't have this, and they didn't have this. And if this, and if they really landed on the moon, then this would have happened, and it didn't. And da, 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 da. I'm just thinking, oh my freaking god, what Damn is wrong deniers. with you people? What is wrong with you people? Because because yeah, earlier this, I think it was this week or last week, I had retweeted something about that showed um, Nixon. There we are. Mm-hmm. Nixon had written a speech just in case. Well, well, it was um, it, Bill oh, Sapphire, but he had written a speech happen. just in case they did not come back alive. Oh yikes! I guess you kind of have to. Yeah, so thankfully he didn't have to use that speech. But it's like, hello, would he have even written it had they not gone to the moon? Mm. And then so there was something about missing tapes like that. I was watching little clips here and there about like because I I was trying to wrap my my mind around that too. Like, how can people deny the moon landing? How how can that be turned into a conspiracy theory? There are hundreds of people that worked on that mission. In fact, uh, interesting enough, one of my clients, her husband, he since passed away a while ago, but he was one of the people that worked on the Saturn, which is the portion. And it was so interesting because she could show me like in pictures and during one of our sessions, like which part of the rocket that he worked on and told me stories about like what it was like and when they watched it. And it, it was really, I think it's just really fascinating talking to people from that time period who were involved in it, either directly or indirectly. And when you talk to people like that, it's like, how can you deny that? And the movie, what was the move, name of that movie? Um, Apollo like, 11. Oh, no, 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 no. The one with the um, Octavia Spencer and Taraji Henson. Um, First crap. man? No, they were the, the group of black ladies who, worked, who oh. were really, really smart, who worked on the project. Um. I right. can't think of it. I saw it. I can't. What the heck was Shape the name of the water. movie? Shape um, of Water? No, 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 no. Oh, not The Shape of Water. That was just uh, god awful. Let's see. Let's Let see. me look it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking up, in, I'm looking up <laughs> Internet Movie Database. My, like, yeah. place lives on my uh, phone. Hmm. Well, here, that, that could hit, be part of our hidden, hidden figures. figures. Hidden go. figures. Oh. Yep. We both okay. got it. Yeah, yeah, hidden figures. That was when they were working on which one was it? Hidden figures worked on the early years of the U.S. space program. Because sure. I know there were scenes in there where she worked with one of the astronauts. Well, you know, I think some people try to deny that we're geeks, but I say they're wrong. And I think, people, that's how we're going to start Geekiest Show Ever this week. We kind of jumped the gun. We've already been talking about the moon landing. Um, 
And uh, but it just seemed like this would be a good place to start, rather than try to go back and rehash our conversations. We got to keep it fresh. We got to keep it good. We got to do something. Uh, <laughs> do something. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark that. Do something. Anything. But uh, like I say, we uh, uh, th- and that's one of our topics for this week was that. Um, and I put it in the show notes because it's the 50th, as we record this, it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And, you know, this is Geekiest Show Ever. And if I, re, if I believe this is one of the first things that I could say I truly geeked out about was the moon landing. I was seven years old, and I remember sitting in our living room, you know, on a July afternoon in front of our black and white TV, big old cabinet TV. Um, you know, I forget what it was. It was like, you know... Uh, 20 inches across or something like that. It was, you know, a huge thing that sat in the middle of your living room. It was actually a piece of furniture back then. Oh, yeah, I I remember those. Yeah, there's still some of those around. And so I remember sitting there watching that. And actually, and I think the thing has just fallen apart from age because it would be 50 years old now. My mom, because she knew I was, you know, uh, uh, fascinated by the space program and everything, she went and clipped... uh, newspaper articles uh, anything concerning uh nasa or the moon landing or anything and she'd put it in this scrapbook and i mean this was a scrapbook that was probably about i don't know i want to say 18 inches wide and about 24 inches tall in scrapbook is doing it uh, uh giving it more praise than it actually deserved what she did was it was brown paper like wrapping paper that she had gotten and a couple of stiff uh pieces of stiff green poster board or something and just kind of sandwiched it in between there but she had that all this stuff so in there cool. yeah it so was. your 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 mom really kind of like uh encouraged your geekiness huh sure well yeah um uh, yeah because you know we were always the kind that would i mean uh, the, the whole family is geeks in one way or another because we would sit around and have discussions about all kinds of things uh Discussion is probably a polite term. Arguments would be more like it. Um, Interesting. Huh. Yeah, because I remember my brother and uh, well, my half brother and my sister having this argument about whether potatoes were good for a diet or anything. You know, we'd argue about damn near ever, uh, anything. And then okay, let's just settle that right now. Potatoes are awesome. <laughs> okay, and then it won't do any good for the. Uh, audio listeners, but I'm showing Elisa and Melissa. I have this little. I I have it from my. It's not. It doesn't say NASA. It says U.S. Air Force on it. But a uh, little model plastic rocket here is a cheap thing uh, that mm-hmm. I'd gotten as a kid. And it's around here somewhere, but I can't find it. In the top here is supposed to go a little the uh, e- uh, emergency capsule. So you put it in there, lock it in place. You hit these oh, buttons and it pops like out. It. Oh, cool. Yes. That's cool that you still have it after all these yeah. years. Yeah. And, How old were you when he, when he got that? Oh, man, five or six. So, so you've Seven. so you've had that since before the moon landing, or about the time of the moon landing, right around Probably the time some... when the rockets were interesting to you. Yeah, let's say between forty-five and fifty years, I suppose. Good lord! Wow, wow. that's so fascinating. Yeah. That is and, so cool. And the thing I find interesting, like I said, this little escape module up there, um, that came about because of. Um, now, make sure I don't get it screwed up here. The Apollo Seven. Um, oh. I believe that was the one where they had the fire inside the... Uh, oh, yeah, where some of them passed away um, or killed, yeah. Yeah, um, if I can learn how to spell here. Make sure I got it right. <laughs> but I think it was Apollo 7 uh, because they there was... Uh, if I remember right, they were running in an oxygen-rich... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. 
atmosphere in there. There was some spark from, you know, the uh, electrical components. And like, you know, we had said earlier that the, and I, I, I question the, uh, if there's hyperbole involved here, but yeah, I've heard that figure. What'd you say, Melissa? 11 million times, um, uh, the, one one million times the RAM of the Apollo Eleven okay. module. Okay, that sounds like it's a little bit more, yeah, credible. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that they were, and I think I heard the figure. I want to say it was, it was 200k. I mean, it was like a pathetic amount. I'll, of, I'll link to the article in the show notes because I did uh, post it on Facebook for people that are on Facebook that can that follow me. I had a picture of my kiddo, my youngest kiddo, Keegan. We. And I'll link to this too. There was um, the Smithsonian, I want to say, or one of the places that has detailed the the entire capsule. They made this AR website that you can go to, and you can actually take an AR object, which is the Apollo Eleven capsule, and place it on, like, in your house. You know, like kind of like you see those demonstrations with with augmented reality, where you can place objects, like, say, for Amazon. You can. Have you guys tried that? Have you ever gone on Amazon to look for something, and it It'll, it'll give you the option. See how this will look in your home space or something. Oh, like I've I was seen the commercials I've never seen. Actually, I tried it. it. I, I tried it. There was uh, this. This is nerdy too, but I was looking at an oil diffuser just because I wanted something to smell nice. We have dog and kids. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> and uh, it, it it was on there, and it I wanted to see like how big it was and how it would look on an end table, and so I was actually able to place this object, and I was able to do the same thing. With the Apollo 11 module, I was able to land the thing on my coffee table. And I just thought that it was like the nerdiest, geekiest thing ever. And even more geeky, I'll take it a step even further. What I did was, as I had it on my iPhone, I'm just way too excited about this. Um, I had it on my iPhone and I airplayed it to my Apple TV because we were doing this in the living room. We were geeking out about the moon landing because it was a couple days prior that it was about to occur. So we were on YouTube watching video clips and watching the moon landing and stuff like that with the kids. Not, nothing near like what you guys experienced, but you know we weren't even existing yet. So <laughs> so we were watching all this stuff, and I, and I came across this, uh, this AR thing. And so I airplayed it to the Apple TV, and Keegan could look at the television and look at the this Apollo 11 AR object that I could place onto the coffee table. And I said, reach your hands out to make it look like you're holding it. So he did. Like there was nothing in front of him. But he could look on the TV to kind of sort of get an idea of what, you know, have you ever taken a picture of yourself, like holding the moon or holding a sunset? It was kind of like that. So, mm. so cool. But I'll, yeah. I'll find the articles and I'll link them in the show notes so people can check out what it was that we were looking at. And that one article was talking about, I guess that was linked to it or, or in some something in what I was searching for was talking about comparing the iPhone, the power and the, the megahertz and the gigahertz of iPhone's as compared to the Apollo 11 and that the Ram, just the Ram alone in the iPhone, it was a million times more Ram than the Apollo 11 had okay. at the time. And before it, okay, people not hit send on your email. I screwed up. It's Apollo one that had the Apollo fire. One. Yeah. So don't, uh, Apollo seven, uh, well, seven and one look the same to sure. you know 50 plus year old yeah. eyes. <laughs> well, yeah. And 50 plus year old memories too. It's go. been a while <laughs> since I sat down to, uh, look, uh, you know, think about it, but I mean, you know, it did fascinate the country. Uh, and I, for a while there, I would watch quite a few of the, uh, the, the, uh, moon launches from, uh, Cape Canaveral. Um, there's another one coming up on July 24th. See, that's how bad – I mean, now it's become run-of-the-mill. Back then, this was a thing. I mean, they would – Yeah, you know, uh, I do the remember team, that. 
Yeah, the, the TV shows, you know, Walter Cronkite would be on the you know, And the when they would drop into the Pacific Ocean, yes. when they were coming back in that little module, and they would say, and they landed safely, and then you would see, like, heads pop out of the top. I do remember yep. that. Yep. Uh, one thing that you guys would like uh, is the Kennedy Space Center, which I put the link in the show notes, and it's got, like, a lot of information on that webpage. I'm not a space geek like you guys are, but when I went to uh, – one year when I went to Orlando to visit my friend – about two or three years ago, we took a drive over to Kennedy. Really interesting place. Even if if it, this is not your thing, it's still a really interesting place. We spent the entire day there. You can tour it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I yeah, would we, like to do something like that at some point in my life if I ever get the heck out of South Dakota. And that, that, The problem is I don't know if my wife would be as enthused about it as I would be, but it would be cool to see something. But like I said, it's not my thing. You know, sure. it's just it just doesn't you know, it's like it's cool and everything, but it's just not something I wanted to pursue. But we had we had some time, you know, we said, let's let's just do something different. You know, we don't have to go shopping. We can go shopping anytime. And she said, well, it's only an hour to to Kennedy. I'm like, yeah, OK, that sounds fine. Let's go. And it turned out that she ended up buying a yearly pass. Oh, wow. She was she was able, I forget how much it cost to get in, but she was able to take the price of her ticket and put it toward a yearly pass because she knew she had more people coming over the summer to visit. And then that way she could just go and bring them and then she wouldn't have to pay every That's time. Awesome. And so mm-hmm. she got her money's worth. Um, but it was it was really an interesting place. You know, you had like actual actual modules there that you could look at and you saw the actual spacesuits and we saw little films. I mean, I would definitely. Like it rec- doesn't have to be your thing, but when you get there right. and you see that they're in person, it makes it that much more. Yeah, real to you yeah. It does I mean, I become don't your thing re- for the time being. Yeah, I don't regret it at all. It was definitely, and it was a nice day. Well, and I'm, if you're in Orlando, it's like an hour drive, so it's not even that far. That's cool. And you know, uh, and there was always debate about the space program, but you know, um, there was a lot of benefits that came from it. First of oh, all, let's yeah, not forget for sure. Tang. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. Does anybody drink Tang anymore? I haven't seen commercials for that no. in years. But well, there's it, some powder drinks, but they all have uh, the saccharin that causes cancer. So we've tried to get that out of our house and diet. <laughs> sure, but I mean the the other thing was uh, as a either a direct or injury uh, d- indirect result of of the space program. You know, uh, it has contributed a lot to what we have today as I hold up my iPad in front of yes. uh, the camera there. Because the need for uh, miniaturization of electronics and to be able to cram more stuff into smaller spaces, I mean, uh, integrated circuits and such probably would have happened without the space program. But there was a lot of government money put in to do this to. You know, achieved the results, and because of, because of that, you know, there was the the, the trickle down benefit to the rest of society. All the stuff that went in there eventually made it out for you know the the common folks to use. Um, Can we get ballpoint pens from the space program? Yeah, uh, I no, I think that was what we got was uh, pressurized pens. Um, okay. Yeah, the running joke was kind of that, writing instruments. They needed to be able to write upside down or something. Or, yeah, the, the, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember that. Space. I think the story was they poured, you know, I forget how much money into uh, developing a pen that would write in zero gravity, you know, so they could li- alleviate, alleviate this problem. And the Russians used pencils. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's the problem with being a, a geek. Sometimes is we go for a 
you know, a complex solution with a simple one would suffice. Um, uh-huh. But uh, and like I say, you know, so like it's, I've always that that was probably my first uh, uh, entry into geekdom is the the space program, you know, the uh, uh, Apollo Eleven, and then of course Apollo Thirteen. That was the thing that you know brought the country together for you know a, a, a little while to see how the astronauts would would they survive would they get back and then you know and that's kind of spurred our imagination for years the uh, you know because there was the movie Apollo uh, 13 and mm-hmm. uh, Tom Hanks yes and you know the you know that's a tale beyond just the space program it's about uh the human nature to survive creativity uh you know the kind of things that we aspire to as a country the you know to be able to you know and besides which i'm a guy give me a roll of duct tape and some bailing wire and i can fix anything (laughs) yeah and i you know i don't know about the bailing wire but i think there was duct tape and maybe chewing gum Involved. It's been a while since I, you know, watched it. But like I say, I know there was lots of things involved in that rescue, and they had to think on their feet and you know be creative, and and that's kind of a, you know, inspired me for years too. The the ability to be able to take what you have on hand and make something out of it. So it's the ultimate tinkering, and that's what yes. we kind of that's what kind of spurs our conversations is like. What are we tinkering with now? Uh, so yeah, and like I say, that you know inspired my geekdom, and I think as a way of transition, you know, the other thing we're going to uh, talk about today is some of our favorite movies. And here's a shocker: a lot of mine are science fiction movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know there's a stretch of the imagination, but how about instead of starting with me, how about uh, I don't know, how do we want to do this? We didn't discuss this before. Do we want to go one at a time, or do we just want to put? All of ours out there. At Just once go and put them all out there, like we did for the TV shows. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we, uh, Alisa? How about we start with yours? Okay. All right. I'm going to be right up front with you, and let you know that if you asked my kids about my favorite movies, they would laugh at you because they'd say, <laughs> "Mom hates everything." I'm not a huge movie fan. I haven't really watched too many movies lately. Last couple of years, I'm just, I just watch TV shows instead. But. The movies that I usually like are the stupid, brainless, just laugh at them. You don't have to think about them. They're not deep. They're not the sophisticated, uh, you know, Howard's End and Sense and Sensibility kind of movies. I, I just want dumb, don't have to think about it. Okay. Okay. That said, Escapism. Though, Escapism. Yeah. That said, though, my two favorite movies are 180 degrees opposite of each other. The first one is Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. because who doesn't love Shaw? I mean, Shawshank Redemption. Come on, I mean, if you if you don't love it, you've at least seen it. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, you both have seen it, right? No. Yes, a long you've time never ago. seen it, Mike. No, I read the. Oh. Uh, no, let's see. Yeah, I read the book. The oh, you novel. got you got to, Oh my God, yeah. you have got. To, it's it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. It's one of those movies that. You'll see on cable TV every time you change the station, it's like a kid they're playing chick. So you can always pick it up in different parts. And that's one of those movies. If I'm flipping stations and Shawshank's on, I stop and I watch. It's one of the greatest movies. Big comment on prison system. Uh, mm-hmm. The acting is great. It's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, it's got all like the top notch people. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the book by Stephen King. It's, Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, William Sadler, Bob Gunton, um, Clancy Brown, just a lot of uh, James Whitmore. It was just a great movie. 
Now, the 180 degrees opposite of that, as my other favorite movie, is Grease. Oh, okay. And I know a lot of people go, what the heck is wrong with you? I love Grease. One of the few movies I paid to see in the movie theater twice when I was in high school. Uh I have the DVD. I have the album. I have the MP3. Uh I think it's because, first of all, it's music. It takes place in the late 50s, early 60s, and I just love that time period. That's why Happy Days was also one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's just that time period of of gangs, but in quotes, because it was just a group of girls and a group of boys. That's mm-hmm. what it meant to be in a gang. Interesting. Uh-huh. As, opposed to just, as opposed to gangs, meaning violence nowadays, it was just the group you hung out with and you all had the same jacket. Therefore, you were in a, quote, gang. Mm-hmm. And I loved the music. I loved that afterwards you went to the hamburger joint and you had a milkshake. I mean, I just, I think I would fit in so well in that time period. I just, that's, I just love all that stuff. And keeping with the music theme, another one I'm going to hear like, what, are you kidding me? But it's The Wedding Singer. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a huge yeah. Adam Sandler fan, uh-huh. but I love this movie. I bought all the soundtracks. I bought the movie uh-huh. because it's 80s music. Yeah. And it's just a fun movie. You know, it's nothing you have to think about. It's just a fun movie. And that's what I like. Um, now, speaking of fun movies, this is completely politically incorrect. I, I don't care because it is laugh your ass off funny. And uh-huh. that's Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. I To this day, when they have the campfire scene... I am giggling. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's good for your inner 12-year-old. It is. You know, badges. We don't need no stinking no, badges. Stinking, my husband quotes that just about at least once or twice a week. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And Lily Von Stupp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired. You know? You They're would fit always... in well around here because that's how people in this family, they speak in movie quotes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, her song was, they're always going and coming and coming and going and always too soon. <laughs> See, and that makes me think of Spaceballs. Okay. I don't think I saw Spaceballs. Oh, you'll, you'll oh, like yeah. it then. Yeah. But, it's, but, it's, it's a Mel Brooks, right? Right. Mel is, Brooks is, and... Yeah, oh. Spaceballs is Mel Brooks. Was you'll, that you'll Rick like Moranis? It. Yes. Yeah. He's I'm gone from... Because I saw... I saw um, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, another one that is just yeah, hysterical. You'll definitely love it. Um, you probably oh, have what seen the heck is the other one? High Anxiety. Princess, Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah, Princess Bride, I saw. Event, I finally saw it last summer for the first time, and I just went, you yeah. cult classics. Said, yeah, okay. But High Anxiety, Mel Brooks, uh-huh. when he's in the shower, and the, they're, they're, um, it's, all, it's a takeoff on all these different Al, uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies. Did you guys see High Anxiety? I think I have. I mean, that, when you say Alfred Hitchcock, it sounds like a parodies of Al, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, it's, and I think he's I've in seen the, that. Yeah. He's in Mel Brooks' characters in the shower, and all of a sudden you're like, noise, like someone is outside like the shower curtain, like Psycho. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden the bellboy pulls back the shower curtain and goes, here's your newspaper, and stabs him <laughs> with the newspaper. And then you look down and you see, like, newsprint going down the drain. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's awesome. So you probably uh, like a lot of parody stuff, it sounds like, because we like that kind of stuff. Yeah, too. just stuff you don't think about. Uh, the next one is um, The American President. Okay. 
That's I my, haven't seen that one. That one is with Michael Douglas and Annette Benning. It was written by Aaron Sorkin and directed by Rob Reiner. This one came out in 1995. And this is what The West Wing was based on, which was written by Aaron Sorkin. So love the American president. Then we go into The Lion King. Oh, okay. I don't like a lot of animated movies, to be honest. I just, I've watched them. I'm like, eh, I don't like them. But Toy Story is a good one. But The Lion King, there's just something about The Lion King. I've seen it on Broadway. I've seen the touring company. Oh, wow. saw it. Um, there was a, uh, a shortened version, about a 45-minute version of The Lion King when we went to Animal Kingdom in 1999 in Disney. That was incredible. The Lion King is just, it's a great movie. And then the last two I have on my list here are The Sting, because it's Robert Redford and Paul Newman. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Robert Redford and Paul Newman. That's good enough for me. And the last one, and this one is funny because Tim Robertson was talking about this um, two episodes ago on Tech Fan. Mm -hmm. And he said he didn't really care for this movie. And I'm thinking, what are you kidding me? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, that's like a classic. Of, that's yeah, a classic. Yeah. It's a great movie. I, you know, it's just another one of those movies that when you see it on the TV as you're passing the, you know, channeling the, passing through the stations, you stop and you watch. Yeah, you have to stop and watch it. Like, oh, this oh, is on. This. I did forget one. I didn't pull it up under the movie database. And I know I'm going to hear a lot of, oh, my God. But my kids were just like, seriously, Mom, when I watched this movie. And I actually, I went out and I rented it. I bought it. And this is the movie that when I'm flipping stations lately is the one that's on and that's the notebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have yet to watch that. It's on my list of things to watch. First of I, all, I always hear good things about it. Ryan Gosling. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, I have a Ryan Gosling for later. <laughs> that's enough. Just the <laughs> fact that it's Ryan Gosling is enough. I mean, he's quite adorable, but the other thing with this movie is it's another one of those movies where different stories are being told within the movie and at the end, they all come together and you go, oh, I get it. Okay. So it's a love, it's like a love story within a love story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without telling you what happens at the end. But those are my list. And I, and I want, there's other movies that I like, like, st- like I said, stupid one, Wayne's World, just, <laughs> you know, dumb yeah, uh, the movie. Uh, have you ever seen Woody Allen? Everything you want to know about sex was afraid to ask. I Ooh. know of it, and I think I may have watched it, but it's not something that sticks in my mind that I just. It's, it's not, not remarkable my, to me, right? It's not my favorite movie, but it's a movie that's based on different scenes, and okay. the scenes are independent of each other. Yeah. The last scene is so funny because it's about a man going out to dinner with a date, and then having sex with her afterwards. Uh-huh. And you you see the woman through his eyes, and then when the man is about to have the sex, you go into, um, you go into the brain. Oh, okay. And yeah. Tony That's Randall is yeah. the person who's in charge of the brain. Uh-huh. And then you oh, see Lord. the guy. You see the guy. You know crank and you see all these people cranking if you know what i mean you know cranking and then they let go and it's like no 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 and then when the whole thing is over they have champagne you know good job everybody (laughs) it's so funny because for all these movies i mean you're gonna finish your list but for i'm just excited because for every movie that you're saying i'm looking at my list i'm like i can see i can draw a parallel 
Yeah. But that, yeah. that's it. That's it for me. Okay. Those are you. Okay. Well, let's see what parallels you have then, Melissa. Let's go down your <laughs> Yeah, before list. I forget. <laughs> before I forget. So I'm going to just read them off real quick. And then I, wanna, I won't go into like every single one of them. But there's some that, that I have ideas about more than others. Um, the two, this is, this is not in any particular order or anything. It was a combination of what have I watched recently? What, what's in my most recent memory that impressed me? And going, you know, looking on, online at like the top 100 movies of all time, that sort of thing. And then kind of going through and trying to jog my memory about, okay, yeah, that would, that would make my list if I had to make a list of, say, top 10 or something. So it's just kind of like a down and dirty kind of a make a list thing. So there's tons that I'm leaving out. But these are the ones that bubbled up to the top for me. So under most recently watched, I listed Bad Times at El Royale, uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, and Bohemian Rhapsody. We just watched Bohemian Rhapsody last night. Have you guys seen it? Mm-hmm. It's the Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. biopic, mm-hmm. I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, so a parallel is, you know, you liked it because it was about the music. It was, you know, all of the Queen soundtrack, basically. It had all of, you know, the greatest hits and stuff. And it wasn't like it was just a movie set to the music. It was a story. It was the story of his life. Yeah, he won the, the Oscar background. for it. Yes, um, Remy, uh, help me out here. Remy, I know his first name. Oh. I yeah. just saw it, and it escapes me. From yes, Mr. Robot. Incredible acting. Um, he really, really, I even watched, I liked it so much that we even watched the behind the scenes after the film was over, and it was amazing. Like The whole time I'm thinking, I, I hated to oh. think this way, but I, I kept thinking about, oh my gosh, how is he getting on with those teeth? <laughs> they, <laughs> and it was interesting that they did try many prosthetics. They tried a lot, and he did, you know, admit to struggling with it. And it, and it, you kind of, when you're watching him, I mean, because Freddie Mercury's known for his for his facial expressions, his teeth. You know, it, it, it just it is that way. I thought it was interesting that the drummer had gone to dental school. <laughs> And that was the first, you know, comment that he made against him. He's like, not with those teeth, mate. <laughs> and I guess maybe it's it's a personal thing for me because I endured years and years and years of orthodontics. And now my whole family has orthodontics going on right now. So there's a lot of thinking about the teeth going on in this mm-hmm. house. Uh, but it was really good. Um, you know, there was some... I don't want to get too critical about it. I mean, there are some things that seemed a little, a little push, a little force. But overall, like, it was really, really a great story, a great movie, you know, just thinking about like wow what a legend i mean the fact that my husband and i are the age that he was when he passed away it's like wow he he did a lot of living in that short life that he had and how amazing was it it's just the talent and it was interesting to see the actors like there's i don't want to spoil anything obviously but there were some actors that i saw that i was like oh that guy's from that movie and that guy's oh that's that guy so i'll leave you to <laughs> um, to see it when you see it and before before you move on, just to bring it full circle, I wanted to point mm-hmm. out that Brian May from Queen is an astrophysicist. Yes, because that's true. He's an very good. Yes, yes, that's a very good point. See, we can bring it full circle. This is all very very geeky. We go in uh, and, and there all was the time anyway, but yes. <laughs> that's true. And there was there was a little bit of geekiness in the movie. Um, these are things that I didn't even really know. I mean, I knew that they were. Um, renowned for their in their unique sound the, the way that they crossed genres and things like that but there was a scene where they were in the recording studio and the things that they were doing to tinker and to hack the instruments to get a certain sound i thought was really fascinating so again i'll leave that to you to to watch that for that scene but that was really interesting um so back to that first one on the list, Bad Times at the El Royale. That's something that I've just seen recently. It's on HBO right now. It's got kind of a star-studded cast. It's got, uh, and of course, I can't remember them as, I, as I'm talking about them. Um, but it was one of those movies where 
it was like you were talking about as another parallel, what you were talking about, Elisa, how it's a series of little stories that all fit together at the end. It had um, Jeff Bridges, I want to say. That sounds familiar. Was George Clooney or am I thinking of a different movie? No, 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 George Clooney. I'm looking at the end. Let's see if I can get the list for it. So, so uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my, my Ryan Gosling right there. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Cynthia Arrivio. Yep. She was the singer. So each one of them, it was almost like, have you ever seen Clue? Where no. each character has their, their shtick, their story. There's something about each character. That's what made this, this movie really intriguing. Each of the characters, again, I don't want to give anything away, but it's kind of hard not to. Each character had... Each character was a character unto themselves. They each had a backstory. Each of the characters had a backstory that all led them to this conclusion at the end as to how things unraveled and how things happened and and ended up being the way that they were. Uh, Dakota Johnson, I want to say she was the one that was in Fifty Shades of Grey, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was. There's a couple of actors that you that you might not have recognized, and there's a couple that you do, and you're like, oh, where have I seen them before? So you kind of have to like look it up and, and do the comparison. Um, but yeah, Jeff Bridges and Chris Hemsworth was two of the top ones. Cynthia Erivo was the the singer, like I mentioned. If anything, just to watch her sing and to hear her sing was just amazing. And her music, the songs that she sang, it wasn't just. And and again, it's a it's a parallel with the musical kind of stuff that you and I like. I think you would really like this just for the music component of it because the music wasn't just for the sake of like, oh, she's just a singer. Again, I don't want to spoil it, but there are parts in the movie where her singing is a function. There's something about her singing. You you have to see it. There's something about the singing, what she's singing, how she's singing it has something to do with the story and how they get away with something. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that was so. That was another really good one. I highly recommend. Those are my two most recent ones that I'm excited about. And then under all-time faves, I put The Sixth Sense. That was uh, a good one. Forrest Gump. I love pretty much anything that's got uh, Tom Hanks in it um, or uh, Robin Williams. Like those are just kind of like they'll definitely make my list. So all-time faves: The Sixth Sense, uh, Forrest Gump, The Office Space. Waiting. I put this on the list because I also do really dig Ryan Reynolds. I feel like, and I don't know if anybody agrees with me, but I feel like Ryan Reynolds is the Chevy Chase of my and and a younger generation. There's just something about whenever I see Ryan Reynolds, he reminds me of Chevy Chase. I love Chevy Chase movies when I was younger. And then seeing Ryan Reynolds, I feel like he kind of fits that sort of he fits but that. But I feel like Ryan Reynolds is a little more sophisticated. A little dirtier too. No, oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Like, like but Chevy I think Chase got away with stuff that that he could get away with in that time period, and then I think Ryan Reynolds takes it a bit further. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, lots more, was... lots more comedic, uh, uh, physical comedy too. Yeah, anybody who's ever seen the Deadpool movies, yes, he takes it quite far. That's on my yeah. list. That's yes. on my list. So that, yep. so that was next. I put those in yep. a group because of Ryan Reynolds. So waiting. It was a comedy, and of course, Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2. I mean, both of them made me list. I really, really thought they were great. Just like you, there are some really visceral, deep-thinking stories that I really like. And then on, on the other end of things, on the other end of the spectrum, I like this stupid, gory, like, really just sick and twisted humor. There's just something about well, those kinds of movies that I really enjoy. Because you don't, you don't want to walk away going, 
okay, now I must like end it all. I'm so depressed. <laughs> right, you know, it's right. nice just, it's nice leaving a movie theater or turning off your TV and you're still laughing. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you still have memories of stuff. Like in the case of Brian Reynolds movies, there are instances where you can just say one thing. So people have, who have seen it, all I have to say is the unicorn scene and people will laugh because they know what there's something that happens with a unicorn. It's a stuffed animal unicorn that, yeah, if you've seen Deadpool, you'll know what that means. And then the reason why waiting, I don't know if you guys, have you ever seen waiting? I never heard of it. Nope. it, no. it it's a comedy. It's about uh, people waiting on people like working in the restaurant business, so to speak. And it was a real, real, well, they're all comedies that he's in. So that's, that's pretty much a given, but there was a scene and I can't even remember exactly what happened, but it, this is why these movies end up on my list. Like what's the criteria that they meet? Some, one of the criteria that I have for what's a really good movie is something that has made me laugh until I cried. Something that has made me laugh to the point where I could not breathe. And I mean, that's not that hard to do with me. I do suffer from like, you know, just addictive giggling. I, I do get into a giggle fit where I can't stop. But that is one of those movies where my husband witnessed, and it, and it wasn't just me. It was me and my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law and I were watching this movie with my husband, this waiting movie. And there was a scene where he started talking about being beaten with a rubber. I can't even. Being beaten with a rubber hose or something. But the, the way that he said it was like, and of course, Forrest Gump is on, also on my list. He went into this like Forrest Gump accent kind of a thing. And the way he said it, I don't know what it was, but it put my sister and I and I into stitches. We were literally rolling on the floor. It just something struck us. I don't know what it was, but we were dying laughing. And my husband just thought that this was the funniest thing he had ever seen in his life. And now anytime we're together, there'll be just a time where just like you were saying, like you'll you'll rattle off a little quote from a movie. He'll say, my mama beat me with a rubber hose. And we'll just look at each other and we'll just start like laughing. So so that's why that makes the list. And so, like I said, Deadpool 1 and 2. And then Logan, because it made me think of, you know, Mike and I had this one episode. We were talking about all the Marvel Universe movies and stuff that we had watched. Logan is definitely one of those ones. I saw it in the theater. I would watch that again. It was just a really, really good movie. And like you, Elisa, it wasn't my thing. I'm not really that much into it. I'm not that invested into it. But I really, maybe I am more than I admit, I guess. Maybe thinking about that after a while. But I really just enjoyed that movie. It was a really, really good movie. It was a bit of a tearjerker. It was action-packed, really well acted, It great special effects. It was really, really good. And then I rounded out my list with things like Pixar. Um, I like pretty much all of the Pixar movies. Um, opposite to what you were saying, I do enjoy the uh, animated series. And I don't know if that's a generational thing or it could just be like a, I don't know, artsy-fartsy thing. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but we, my husband and I collect the Pixar movies. So that's just the thing. Like not Disney movies necessarily. I don't really always care for the Disney movies, but it's something about the Pixar movies. Maybe it's the geeky G- Steve Jobs tie-in. I don't know. But something about the Pixar movies that we just really love. And it's just kind of become this thing in our family that we collect the movies. And as soon as they come out, that is the one. If there is a Pixar movie that has come out, a really good one. That is coming out in the theaters. That is the one movie that we will spend money on and we will go see it for like a birthday or something like that. We will splurge on a Pixar movie in the theaters. So and out of my favorite out of all the Pixar movies is Inside Out. And the parallel to that is what you were talking about, uh, the Woody Allen movie. That's how if you've ever seen Inside Out, it could be that mm-hmm. maybe people that worked on the movie might have been inspired by the Woody Allen movie because it's all takes place in the brain, in the brain of this young girl. And what she's going through and all the decisions she has to make. And each one of the characters, there's anger, happiness, or or I should say anger, joy, um, sadness, 
and fear and anxiety. And they're played by well-known actors, uh, voice actors, I should say. That is a really fantastic movie. It's it's very visceral. It makes you think about how our brains work. Uh, a lot of uh, school psychologists and therapists actually will use it with young children and even adults to try to help explain, you know, what you're going through when you're trying to process emotions. So that's one of my favorites. And then, of course, there's Finding Nemo. Um, and then <laughs> after this, I, I told you these were in no specific order because after I listed all the Pixar movies that I liked, then I listed Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Dirty Dancing, and then the last one I'm going to talk about, an unusual movie that I don't ever hear anybody talk about, is called Lars and the Real Girl. Um, so back to Pulp Fiction. Have you guys seen Pulp Fiction? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like one of those well-known ones where it's a story that unfolds and you've got these uh, split-offs and stuff. And it's it's one of those movies where it ends up on my list because it's so memefied. There's just so many memes that you, you see something and you're like, oh, that's Pulp Fiction. And I also – another thing – another – reason why a movie will end up on one of my favorites list is if it's got Easter eggs or if it's got something in the movie where you specifically need to watch it again just for the purposes of looking for the Easter eggs and looking for the clues. And Pulp Fiction is one of those movies that does that. And then like you, Elisa, uh, I picked Dirty Dancing and I think my Dirty Dancing maybe kind of parallels with your your Grease movies. I mean, I love the Grease movies too, but I was like really young when I watched those. I was really young when I watched Dirty Dancing, too, but it was one of those movies where it probably wasn't appropriate for me when I watched it. But I went with my girlfriends to go see it in the movie theater. And it was like one of my first, you know, big movie theater outings without my parents around where they like dropped us off. And we went to the movie theaters and we got all dressed up and put all the the makeup on. I had the braces and the clip on earrings and the whole thing. So I have a lot of like, you know, childhood memories surrounding Dirty Dancing. Again, probably wildly inappropriate. But this is me. <laughs> Probably explains a lot. And then okay. the last one I, I do want to – yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say um, I went and looked up Inside Out on IMDb, and the first yeah. one that came up was a Playboy movie. So you may want to be careful <laughs> when you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, when I looked it up – are you telling us the truth, uh, Mike? Uh, no, go I ahead. Looked it, when I looked it up, it was the what appropriate movie. What does that say about – Mike's algorithm. The very first releases. one that comes. In fact, the only one that well, comes up well, is not Amy Poehler. No, there's for a, me, that's the only one that comes up. That's there's funny. about four Inside Out movies. Uh, there's huh. that one from Playboy. What's this one? It's a uh, crime drama, I think. Uh, a man released from like prison. To watch that one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, looks like he's got Woody Harrelson in it. I can't tell. As soon as I type it Inside, Inside Out pops up. Then Inside Man. Then. Inside huh. Lewin Davis, Inside Job. Let me see what happens if I type out. Oh, so you only typed inside and that's what came out. That's yeah, and now so when I type inside out, then yes, I get those. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I get one. Was it the, the one from 1991, Mike? Well, there's huh. one. Is yeah, that- that's, that's the Playboy one. Then there's one from 2011. Uh, one from 1975 with Telly Savalas and Robert Culp uh, yep. in it. Yep, um, I got all those. Yeah, huh. when, algorithms when I, are fascinating or scary. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just be careful when you Google people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was your last movie before I uh, well, derailed you? The last one—that's okay. Woo, get it back on track. The last one is called, and, and I did put a link in the show notes for this to the to the Wikipedia that explains it a little bit more. Um, again, Ryan Gosling. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's called Lars and the Real Girl. And it's one of those visceral things. And that's another thing that makes one of my criteria as a movie that stands out for me. And that's why this one is one of those oddballs where 
not it doesn't make like any of the top 10 or 100 lists or anything that I could that I could see it's just one of those movies that just sticks out in my mind is like you watch it with these totally low expectations and thinking what is this going to be about it's a guy and a and a it looks like a sex doll <laughs> back to being careful about what what you what you think about there when you're talking about movies but yeah he basically it's it Ryan Gosling's the the lead character um, he's a socially awkward young man. This is according to the to the Wikipedia. He's a socially awkward young man who develops a romantic yet platonic relationship with an anatomically correct sex doll called a real doll named Bianca. And so he does. He orders this. I don't know. I mean, they talk about it in the movie. They they show the the history of it. But it's one of those types of movies where there's a backstory, and what you see. It's, I guess, the moral is like, don't judge a book by its cover, kind of a thing. Like, you look at this and you think, okay, here's a young man and a sex doll. Like, your your brain automatically goes there, you know. And yet, that's not what happens in the movie. So, again, I don't want to give away a whole lot of it, but there's there's a very interesting backstory. Um, I will say that it's a touching um, human condition kind of movie that is about inclusivity. So I, you know, give it just a, a little bit of a teaser. Like he, he ends up going public with this this doll, and people treat her as a real person because it comforts him. And and it's like a, it's about community support. They rally around this this kid who had this hard life, and they kind of help him out with this. And it's it's a very touching story. It's probably should have a box of tissues. I would I would imagine, but not for the reason that you're originally thinking. For a different reason. <laughs> What do you mean? Can you please explain? <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, pictures, please. Oh, but the look please. on Mike's face yeah. was just priceless yeah, there. Like, oh, Lord. That was so no, worth it. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, and, it, and you know, that's why, even though I think I might like them, that's why I don't watch dog movies, because I don't really need to have a box of tissue yeah. candy there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, okay, so starting my list here, and I do start out with a, a sentimental favorite of mine, because it... Uh, now I want to say this is the second movie. The first movie I remember seeing in the movie theater was Bambi, and I forget how old I was uh-huh. when. And that's the uh, one you need a box of tissues at the end. Um, yeah. But the second movie that uh, I remember that made my list here was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Be- because I think if I remember right, that's probably the only because. My dad was not big in the movies, not big into this other stuff. He was a farmer. He wanted to stay home. He wanted to do stuff, work all But we, him and I did go to a movie once because mom was in the uh, uh, hospital having surgery done on her thumb. And so uh, he decided we would go to uh, see a movie in, uh, in Watertown, and we went to see Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, what a neat memory. Yeah. And so – and I was mm, 10 years old at the time, I think. So um, – but we went, we went and saw that, you know, and that's, you know, is kind of a, it's got Gene Wilder, who was, you I know, I love a, Gene Wilder. You know, a comic genius. And, um, you know, you have the Oompa Loompas, which for reasons, you know, has become popular again. Um, and you got all this other stuff in there. You know, it's kind of a fanciful, you know, world. When you're a kid, that's what you like, like fanciful world. You want to walk into a place where you can eat the scenery, literally, and, you know, yeah, and like all this wallpaper. other stuff. Yeah. Even if it's Nosberry flavor, which we now know is terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, ever love ever loving gobstoppers or you know, anything yeah. like that. So, you know, that was I want uh, us now, Daddy. Yes. Uh you know, and, and and it's a commentary too. I should read mm-hmm. the uh uh, Road Dahl, I think is the guy who wrote the book that mm-hmm. the movie's based on. Yes, I should maybe did. read that to see how it 
compares because it's always I always find it interesting. How does the book compare to the movie? Um, but that would be an interesting because you do have commentary about gluttony and mm-hmm. um, yeah and pride and all this other stuff. So there's subtext in there. So you've got something that'll delayed gratification. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you got something for the adults to ponder while the kids are just watching, you know, people eat stuff. Uh, That's true, because like a lot of that stuff went over the kids' heads, but it was it was pleasing for the adults because it was something that could make you think it was visceral but enjoyable for the kids. Right. All that candy. And now, have they, you seen the remake with Johnny Depp? No, I haven't, and I don't okay. know. I may or may not. I don't know. It, it you know, I don't know if I want to necessarily spoil yeah. it or whatever. But you know, right. Yeah, you know, and see how they do it, and you sit there, well, not as good as the original, you know, whatever. The originals, um, yeah, the original is always going to be better. Yeah, usually. So, um, okay, but then moving on from there, and like I say, in no particular order, it's just kind of the way they popped into my head. Um, uh, airplane. Um, oh, but, yeah. yeah. Which one? Like all of them? No. or? Well, the rest were kind of pale, paled in comparison. I think the best and the only one is Airplane, the original. Is Airplane. Okay, yes. yeah. With Shirley, you must don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. Yeah, and yeah, I, I should have looked this up ahead bad, of time. Yeah, I picked a bad day to Les, quit smoking. Leslie Nielsen? Leslie Nielsen yeah. and um, uh, Lloyd Bridges. Yes. Uh, and oh, who was it? The, um, yeah, oh, who was leave, the it Beaver, leave it to Beaver's mother. I oh. speak jive. <laughs> oh, Barbara. Um, yeah. Oh, now I'm blanking out. Um, and the thing I found interesting about this movie, I'm trying to find it here as we talk this um it was based on the the play or the movie was based on a screenplay um oh, i wonder if i i'm trying to do a google search here um but they'd taken this other movie and just taken it line by line um pretty much a movie uh airplane is based on, and it was barbara um, billingsley okay i was right yeah, so i thought it was her name barbara okay. billingsley yeah so but, oh look at that um the, oh, I can't think of his name now. The guy from um, Breaking Bad is in it. Mike. Oh, Brian Cranston? Oh, really? Jonathan Banks, yeah. Get out. What what, what did he play? Gunderson. See, I, I, I love that stuff. I love seeing you know people from way back before they were like really well known. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had a lot of people. Peter Graves, Robert Hayes. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. He was one of the pilots. <laughs> Yeah, that was a funny movie. Anytime um, that I'm in the car, you know, like putting on my makeup as a as a passenger now, I don't do it while I'm driving anymore. But <laughs> anymore, sometimes my my husband, yeah, I'll like watch and like sometimes my husband will go over a bump and I'll fake like I was like the lady in the airplane putting on the makeup, like went right up my cheekbone. <laughs> okay, I found it. the The airplane is based on the movie Zero Hour from 1957, and so the Abram or the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrams saw this movie. And basically, I don't know if it was like word for word, but basically they took the screenplay from that and they used it in airplane. And the big thing was they were telling, and that's why they didn't, you'll, you'll look at this. Now they are known for being comedians, but most of these people at the time were not really considered comedians uh, hmm. or you know, comic actors. And they said, don't be a comedian. Play it straight. I think that was the strength of the movie because you have mm. Leslie, and at that point, Leslie Nielsen was known for playing, you know, the the tough guy, the bad guy, or whatever. And so mm. you have you have him sitting there going, uh, "Sick people or a hospital? What is it? Well, it's a really big building with sick people in it, but that's not the issue right now." You know, he says it absolutely yeah, straight, yeah. which is what Dead makes pan. it funny. Yes, right. and you right. know that's and that's you know influenced or corrupted a lot of my humor along the way. Is just yes. that. 
And my, my running joke is that, uh, Shirley, you must be kidding. No, I'm not. Don't call me Shirley. I actually oh, have no. an Uncle Shirley. So, you know, no, that's, <laughs> no I literally do. That's um, what I mean. The, just the dumb, you don't have to yes. think about it. And then I see here on Internet Movie Database, the working title in the United States was Kentucky Fried Airplane. <laughs> yes, because there was a movie called wow. Kentucky Fried Movie that I'd like to see sometime. Yep. That is, it sounds like a lot of the shtick that I, I like. I think I did see it when I was in college, but I can't tell you anything about it because I don't remember. Yeah. I've heard people talk about it, so I should maybe add that to my to-do list of movies they should get around the watching eventually. But I just love a good parody, and they were parodying all the disaster movies and yeah. all mm-hmm. the, um, you know, Airport 79 or the you know, right. 3000 Airport movies, whatever the hell they yep, were. Yep, yep, I remember that, yeah. In all the disaster movies, and you know, like I say, there's nothing like taking a good trope and just beating the living crap out of it. Um, <laughs> so like I say, that one has had influence on... Uh, on the way I look at life and the way I do things. And then from there, I didn't want to, like, you know, just say all of the uh, Mar- Marvel, you know, Cinematic Universe movies. I thought I would pick one, and I, I went with Iron Man because that kind of, well, no, I actually take that back because there are people that probably beat me up. There's actually some, uh, like, in the, uh, Hulk movies that came before that. But Iron Man is kind of the one that kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe and got it all going. And um, I'm trying to collect all of the movies together and go through and rewatch them. But, it, again, that goes back to, like I say, one of the early, besides, you know, space stuff, I also had a thing for comic books growing up. So that feeds into my love for comic books and all that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, isn't there like um, I thought I saw someone on Instagram who's actually a knitter that I follow, but she also <laughs> is into the sci-fi like you are, her and her husband. And isn't there some like fifty-four movies if you do like Iron Man well, and um, there's I, 20, I don't even know what the rest of them are. There's twenty-two. You, you have to in go back and movie. listen to the episode that Mike and I did about this. <laughs> yeah, there, we, we probably put some factoids in there at some point in time. Probably, and I, they're probably I, – I don't remember this stuff that well. But I know there is – because uh, Infinity War um, – no, Endgame is the last one. Uh, I think that was the 22nd movie in that universe. But I found uh, – if you go to Looper, I think it was, uh, they go through the the chronological um, aspects of the, the – uh, MCU there, starting with you know not the way the movies were released, but the way in the story, the story timeline, starting with the creation of the Infinity Stones and then going forward. So even though Captain Marvel was a movie that came out you know just before Endgame in the in their timeline, that was like the second or third movie because it was set in the eighties. And so I found that kind of fascinating as they kind of spelled out that timeline. I'm I'm kind of a sucker for universes, and I've kind of I've heard that you know Stephen King has a universe that his books are set in, and I've kind of dipped my toe in there. But there's a lot of books in there. I haven't really got down to doing that. But like I say, uh, that comic books and and the universe where stories tie together will suck me in. Hmm. And then speaking of universes, then I put and I know. Some people will probably groan over this, but 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, I've never seen it. <laughs> my, I, we, we had to watch that in college. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. this brings up a funny memory. I had a, a professor in college, and this was I was studying art and design at the time. And for our assignment, we had to watch that movie as a class and then like do art projects surrounding like a commentary on it. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is the cheesiest thing ever. 
But it was a good movie. I mean, it's it's well, an iconic movie. It is. And like I say, the cinematics on there, I mean, this is a movie, I would like to see it in like IMAX or something like that. Some big, huge freaking screen. Because the way he shot it, you know, with the... Yeah with all the space and everything going on there for the time. I mean, uh, cause this was what I should looked it up. Uh, 69, late 60s, 69. Early 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and that's just, fascinating to see things in the past, how they were going to make something that was supposed to look like in the future. Yeah. And then when we got there, like how much of it was true. And so the back to the future movie franchise is what and, reminds me. Of and some things don't go away. Now I try to remember in the movie, was it bell telephone or was it AT&T? I can't remember, but you know, their view was that there was going to be these big corporations. Oh, um, it had to be Bell back then. I wow, think it was. So this is 1968. This is a year before the moon landing. Yep. This movie is 51 years old. And, you know, and we were talking about movies because, you know, Airplane had its tr- uh, share of memes. But, you know, everyone go- knows, open the pod bay doors. Uh-huh. Yeah. What are you uh, doing, Dave? Yes. You know, and and so for the longest time, to bring it back full circle to, to geekiness, sure. I, for the longest time, my, my Macintosh hard drive icon was the Howl glowing red light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like I say, it's it's created its share of memes. Uh-huh. Um, and then the next movie, uh, um, that I've watched. I really want to go watch it again. It is a three hour. Uh, the, the, there's been several versions of this movie, uh, different directors cuts and everything because the creator of the comic book didn't like the way the movie was done. But anyway, it's the Watchmen. Um, huh. uh, and that movie, you know, I don't know anything about the comic books, but the, just watching the movie kind of intrigued me because it is a, uh, world in which, uh, Nixon was never uh, impeached, um, and you have this world where su- uh, superhumans oh. are uh, everyday, uh, or superheroes are a everyday you know thing. But then they kind of fall out of favor, uh, and it's but then you know crime starts to rise, and then they need to come back. But you know it's this kind of again this kind of mini universe in there but you know i found it just kind of fascinating in there and uh maybe it's just because i didn't know anything about it and trying to sometimes when you're presented with something you don't know anything about and you just sit there you want to know more about it and try to figure it out um let's see i can't find it watch i see yeah i see a watchman tv show but i can't find a movie that's called the watchman Oh, well, are they making it into a television series? Um, yeah, I've heard it before, but I haven't seen it myself. Well, this one, this one, oh, wait, is this it? This one says uh, Carl becomes frustrated when the police refuse to tackle a gang of drug dealers. No. Is it? Let me do a Google search here once. Let me uh, see if it's this one. This is the Watchmen movie, right? Right. Um, Watchmen film, Wikipedia. 2009 American superhero film directed by Zack Snyder based yeah. on the 1986-87 DC Comics limited series of the same name. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah. Huh. I'll yeah. stick it in our chat. What year, Melissa, was it released? Oh, well, it says the 2009 American superhero film. Right. Let me put uh, 2009. I just pasted the Wikipedia article link into the chat. Okay. I see a... It's set in an alternate history in the year 1985 at the height of the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union as a group of mostly retired American superheroes investigate the murder of one of their own before uncovering an elaborate and deadly conspiracy while their moral uh, imitations 
uh, are uh, their moral, moral limitations are challenged by the complex nature of the circumstances. So again, like I say, uh, it's it, uh, again another thing that will grab my interest is alternate history or you know what if scenarios things. Yeah, like what that. ifs. Uh huh. Yeah, yep. and so uh, because I, you know, I'm sitting there watching the movie, and like I say, no, knowing nothing about it, you're watching. Nixon is still president, and you know what's going on here? Because you know, I, I was a blank slate going in there, and so then, like I say, you go because on it's and, a time construct. It's a it's time travel, and you know the time well, is a it's not, a. Not t- oh, I see the problem. I put watch. I put watch man. Oh, okay. not watch yes. men. Okay, men, okay. Yes. So now I just found it. Yep, yeah. just and found it the, on. And it's things like who watches the Watchmen and, you know, things along mm-hmm. that. But, you know, like I say, alternate history. Uh, and like I say, this isn't time travel, but this is just alternate history. You know, what if, you know, mm-hmm. something like this. And so, you know, that uh, that has intrigued me. And that's a movie that I need to sit down and watch sometime. And then this would probably fall under the guilty pleasure because it wasn't that highly rated a movie. But I liked the book that it was based on. Uh, John Carter uh, from the... Uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs' book, John Carter and Mars, uh, about this guy. And, I mean, that was written – oh, good Lord. When did, That's uh, Keanu Reeves, right? No. No? What's uh, the name of the movie? Oh, oh, Taylor Kitsch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. John Carter um, – but, uh, yeah, because Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote that in, what, the early part of the 20th century? Um, see if it says here. He's a Civil War veteran in 1868 trying to live a normal life. Yeah, and I was trying to uh, see when... Uh, this is a two- 2012. The, yeah, the movie was 2012. Uh, yeah, so they yep. were written in uh, oh, 1912. Disney. So the books are over 100 years old. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so... but And like I say, the movie was kind of panned, but since it was based on... Because I really found, again, some of the first books I read because we had them at home on the back staircase, because they are so old, was the uh, a lot of the Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff, John Carter and, and Tarzan uh, books. So I read a lot of them. but uh, And so that one, like I say, it, but it's just because, you know, it had subject matter that I liked. Um, and then uh, another bunch of movies that was based, I think from the Sci-Fi Channel, if I remember right, The Librarians um, mm-hmm. with, um, you know, I'm seeing his face. I'm blank. Noah Wiley. Watch that. Yeah, there we go. And again, it's just one of those things. Uh, it's sort of alternate history. It's like you know, there's these things in the world that you know you think one thing, but in reality, they another because you know they and they, there's these objects that have to be corralled before they can uh, disrupt the t- uh, the uh, things or people get a hold of them, use them to change. So it's just. You know, uh, sort of sci-fi. Sounds like Zelda. Uh, It sounds like it plays out like a Zelda Breath of the Wild where they have to collect things until they can open up portals and things like that. Well, sort of, but this is more like things have to be... It's sort of along the same lines as uh, Warehouse 13, which was a TV series that I really liked, but... um, it's the same thing. There's these objects in the world that people think are benign, but actually, if you know how to use them, they have power, so they have to be contained before bad people get a hold of them and do mm-hmm. bad things. Um, so, actually, I, I have this fixation between space and superheroes and you know things like that. You know, The Librarians is a is now a, a TV show, right? Yeah, and because and there are three movies too. Um, and then, yeah, and then sci-fi turned into, I think there's three seasons of it. I think I have. Yeah, the fourth season is on Up TV. Yep. 
Um, so the okay. movies came first, and then they extrapolated the TV shows yeah. from the movies? Well, they were made for TV movies, but, you know, it, oh, okay. it, 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 it fits. Uh, it works anyway. And, and then the mm-hmm. last movie, uh, kind of going back to my childhood, uh, because I remember watching this was at MASH that the TV series mm-hmm. was based mm-hmm. on. Um, I never saw the movie. Yeah, and I did that. We actually own it. I have it around here. And again, you know, it's those things that when you're growing up, there are events because, you know, we watch TV a lot because we only had like three channels. And so, and the news was always on. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And so the news was always on and, you know, because the folks controlled the TV. And so you Mm -hmm. see things like the Vietnam War. Well, this was set in the uh, Korean War, but it was their kind Mm -hmm. of commentary on uh, Korean... uh, on the Vietnam War by using the Korean War type thing, and but you know there was but there was this interesting mix of comedy and tragedy, uh, and you see this stuff in there, and it was um, like I said, there was serious stuff going on there too, but there was a lot of other stuff uh, where uh, you know, and I think the only person that made it from the movie to the TV series was um, Radar, uh, Radar, Gary Berghoff, uh, yep, Radar. Gary Berghoff. Yeah, all I can mm-hmm. think of was Walter O'Reilly. Um, yeah, yep. so he, he's the only one that made the transition there. But, you know, there was just something about, uh, again, and I think, too, because uh, as a, I read the book Catch-22, and so it's kind of the same thing, uh, taking pock shots at the military establishment, bureaucracy, this kind of stuff. Um, so that's always been one of my tent pulls of my personality is uh, always questioning things and this movie did that a lot so you know that was you know that kind of rounds out my list of things i could you know think of real real quick and there's probably others there but um and like i say mine's kind of a quirky mix i think we all have our movies that we're yeah, it's going, eclectic mm. yeah. yeah we're all eclectic i think it's interesting because just kind of talking to people about the movies you know tv shows but movies that they watched and how it kind of formed them over the years or and and we have, case, you know, but... we have lots of years that span between us. And so there's different generations and stuff. But we all have those kinds of things in common. It's like that must be if you look at our movies, the, the things that we like, that's like, oh, that's why the three of you can get along. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we share a, a love of geek. Oh, a bunch of geeky weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, and... I don't know. I just anytime I've watched the movies, um, like when I'd say probably in the 90s and the early 2000s, we used to rent a lot of movies. You know, you could get them for, you know, a buck at the grocery store. So I would mm-hmm. rent a bunch of movies. And I think we would watch Howard's, like I said, Howard's End, Sense of Sensibility, these movies that were supposed to be so intense. And I could get the hairy eyeball from my husband, like, what is this crap? <laughs> or I would rent something i say oh this movie won best you know won the oscar for best picture or she won best actress and i would get, he'd look at me as if i wrote the movie and did a terrible job i'm like well, i didn't vote i you know i had nothing to do with it <laughs> and i'm finally at the point now where if i start to watch a movie i give it maybe half an hour and if i don't like it i'm just like okay i'm done oh, i don't care what the people i don't care what everybody else says if they yeah. say it's the greatest movie that was ever made doesn't attract me there's just yeah. too much out there yeah, it takes a lot, but I, I will watch something like like with A Star is Born. I was like, what is the big deal? I, I need to see this just to see what the big deal was. And I, I probably spoiled it by looking up the, the backstory, and I was disappointed that it was like the third time that the story had been remade. Like, oh, come right. on, people. can't we get a little well, bit more original here? Well, then, <sighs> yeah, see, The Star is Born I thought was just okay. You know, yeah. one of those movies said it's worth watching. 
but yeah. it's not, oh my God, you have to see this movie. Right, right. It was I okay. can sort of see why they want awards, but yeah, it, was, it wouldn't be something. In other words, I wouldn't go out, well, I hate to say it this way, but I wouldn't go out and pay to see it <laughs> no. that way. Right. No. Well, and then, uh, Elisa, you said something about your husband was giving you the eyeball for some of those movies. I was going to say one movie that my wife and I agree on because she's not exactly a sci fi fan or anything, but we do agree on the movie Logan's Run. Uh, from 1976 with... Um, oh, is that, that where... The Michael York. Michael York. I always get him and John yeah. Boyd mixed up. Sure. Yep. Is that I didn't where they that. rounded the people up when they turned 30 or something? Yeah, they they were... And, you know, again... It, yeah, just something in the palm of their hand. Yeah, because they had a gem in there. And I forget... Yeah. And it was one of those things that... Um, you know, and this is why, you know when I'm commenting on stuff, to me, language matters. And in there, I forget what the term is, but they had this term, um, and I'm, it's escaping me right now, but yeah, they when you turn 30, there was this, this celebration or whatever, and basically they were terminating people. They were, you know, yeah. killing them off, but they didn't let them know that they were, there was some other BS that went along with, they were going to a higher power or, you know, I, like I say, I'm, I'm murdering the plot, basically, but... Um, approaching their last day is what it is. Yes, basically. But yeah, there was, they're moving on to the next step in their life or whatever. No, it's not. You guys are just killing them because that is how you maintain your, your society until, you know, the cracks start to form and the Michael York character realizes that, you know, uh, uh, he's a Sandman. I do remember that much. It's been so long since I've seen the movie, but he realizes there's flaws in their society. He starts to question things. And so, uh, like I say, for me, Anything that kind of examines the norms and asks questions mm-hmm. will be um, a movie that, again, that's why I like MASH and, you know, probably some of these. Yeah. But what's the last time you saw that movie, Mike, Logan's Run? Ooh, a few years ago. No, because I ask because I know with TV shows, when I had Blockbuster way back when, I was starting to rent a lot of the shows that I used to watch back in the 80s. And I said, wow, I really love this show. And yeah. then you watch it again, you go, like I used to love Family Ties mm-hmm. you know, with Alex P. Keaton back in the mm-hmm. 80s. And then when I started watching it again, I'm like, oh, this show just doesn't hold up as opposed to, say, Mary Tyler Moore mm-hmm. right? or the Bob yeah. Newhart show, which was still super funny. And I'm thinking the same thing with a lot of movies because there's movies yeah, I watched way up. back when, yep. like uh, like one of my favorite movies. I didn't mention this because I haven't seen it in such a long time, but I think it was what 1980, 81 thereabouts was The Rose, which okay. is basic, oh, which was basic with Bette Midler, oh, which I they say that. they say yeah. it wasn't yeah. Janis Joplin, but I don't care. That was you, Janis oh, you Joplin. Oh, it was Janis Joplin. Oh, that's that interesting. Was Janis, that I was did Janis not Joplin. Know she was that. portraying. And I remember seeing it with my husband, who was my oh. boyfriend at the time, and I sobbed. I could not yeah, stop yeah. crying after that movie. That I went back to see it again with my best friend, and when I saw something that I knew was going to happen that would make me cry, I start crying, and she'd start crying. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. I said, "Why are you crying? Because you're crying." That's, <laughs> like, that's, dude, a, that's a total girlfriend's movie. And and look at the difference in age that we are. And that's the same exact thing with me and but with I, my best friend but and I. I but I haven't seen it in thirty uh, years. So well, then I you wonder, and I, you and I will watch it, Lisa, and then we can yeah. But I wonder what would happen if I were to watch it again. Would I still think it's fantastic, or would sure. I go? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I still listen to the soundtrack. I yeah, have yeah. I oh, the yeah. soundtrack right away. Well, we I still sang, listen. We sang the rose all the time. Oh yeah. So I still have the entire soundtrack. But it's like, would I still enjoy the movie, or would I go? Yeah, that was good for the time. 
but not so much now. Experiment. You know, like when you said um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Sure. Now, for you, Mike, it's a little yep. bit different because that's sure. a precious memory with your yep. dad. Yep. But if you, but if it weren't for that, it's just a movie that you saw and you liked, and you saw it now. Would it still? Well, give you that little thrill, or would you go, oh, my God, this is just, like, god-awful? What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, well, I had that experience because I, uh, growing up as a kid, I liked the Wild Wild West, the TV series. Oh, yeah, I did watch that, too. Yeah, and so I thought, hey, you know, I should buy this. And then, you know, I bought the first season, I started watching it, and I'm going, hmm, you know, probably better when I was a kid because, you know, yeah. now mm. we have our tastes change. We're, and, Perspective you know, is different. And we're living in, you know, this time when, you know, you have all this wonderful filmmaking going on. And, you know, this is a TV show and they did the best they could with the budget they had. And so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah, you like know, Godzilla movies, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. this is atrocious. <laughs> don't you want to scream when it's, 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 when it's the 80s, like if you're watching, yeah. say, The French Connection yeah. or – or any kind of like police movie where they have to, they they take their car and they pull up on the side of the road and they run into the phone booth and put their dime in and make the phone call to whomever <laughs> and you're going well, pull out your cell phone yes <laughs> right 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 uh, yeah list of all the movies that could be spoiled by cell phones you know yeah thirty second movies just <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, like, yeah, cause there's, uh, someone where the premise is that they're racing across town to get to somebody and like say. Call, you know, five-minute movie. Call them on the cell phone. You've been warned. You're there. Wait a minute. Since yeah. that car so. had a flat tire in the last scene, how come they can drive it now? I look okay. for those little things and it spoils it for myself. But then there's movies like The Sixth Sense where it holds up because you have to watch it a couple of times because yes. there's things that you miss. Yep. I, when I watched it, the, yeah, because when you watch it the second time, yep. you go, oh, that's oh. why he said that. Uh-huh. And that's yes. why she responded this yep. way. Yeah, so that's one of those movies we definitely. I think we watched it two times in a like like immediately. Following oh, really? It. That's yeah. It, and there's a movie I haven't gotten around to doing it yet. I bought it, but I just I just need to quit playing video games and sit down and watch movies. <laughs> but that requires me just to sit there, and I get antsy. Yeah, but, you get uh, Ready Player One. We went to see it last year in the movie theater. Oh. But it has all those uh, '80s uh, uh, oh, memes yeah, in you there. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because different video games and stuff. And so they have this one scene because it's set in like a, uh, if anybody, I think it's still out there, but if anybody remembers the Second Life um, computer world, Mm -hmm. uh, you Mm -hmm. can log in and become, you know. So this uh, world is, uh, this movie is set in this kind of Second Life type universe where you uh, log in, you put on an uh, an AR suit basically or a VR suit, and you uh, basically go into this world, uh, alternate world. And so people adopt different, you know, characters. And so a lot of them are, you know, uh, video game characters. And so there's this one climatic scene where all these people are attacking the, the big baddie in the movie. And so you have like Sonic the Hedgehog and all these mm-hmm. other characters. And so I wanted to go through and sit there and because it's, it's pretty fast paced, but I want to, uh, I got it on the TV and I just want to sit there and stop and go, okay, there's this one, you know, start enumerating them and see who all are in there and how many I recognize. And and some of them are like, what the hell is that? Um, You might like Wreck-It Ralph then. It's an animated uh, flick, but it's, that's cute. And I'm aware of that one too. And okay. And my one pet peeve before we move on to our next section here is that in the, uh, I read the book and in the book, uh, there was this challenge that involved uh, the very first computer I owned, the Tandy Color computer. Well, because the way it was written in the book, it wouldn't make that it wasn't that good in the movie, so they changed it. So I was a little, but I was expecting. Mm, I didn't was stay true good. to that part. No. Okay. But mm-hmm. yeah, moving on to our next segment, and 
even though, because like I say, we had kind of a, well, we always have an impromptu start, but I kind of <laughs> saved the weather till now because <laughs> looking at our picks, they seem to be somewhat heavily yeah. weather influenced. There's a theme yeah. there. So why don't we, you know, uh, the, the weather, funny. it's July. Um, yeah. Okay, um, Melissa, what's weather in Arizona? It's fucking hot. There we go. I think we should. I think. I think we should all sing in unison. One, two, three. It's, it's fucking, fucking hot. Because we'll I think all three of us are going through it. You're all, yes. You all can now feel my pain. Yes. <laughs> Although this week is supposed but to I, be. But I can't complain too much because I signed up for this. I this is okay. expected. But what you guys are going through isn't really what you signed up for. It's not well... typically that hot. So. You're not exactly the best adjusted and prepared for it when it when it happens to you guys out there. Well, okay, so this week it, for us it's not bad. It'll be seventies uh, uh, up into the mid eighties, uh, maybe creeping up to the high eighties. That's not too bad for this part no, of the that's country. Not bad at all. And there's and but you know. Memory is, you know, faulty, but I seem to remember in the past more hundred degree days than what we've had in the last few years. So I don't know that, you know, it actually may not be as hot as it used to be here. But you know, it's July. It's kind well, of well. You muggy. haven't survived August yet. Well, yeah, there's that too. But uh, but uh, so, like I say, our weather isn't going to be too bad. Mostly 80s. Humidity is bad because this at school. This is our week that we have to wax the halls and the commons, and I kind of like it to be warm but dry. Wax dries quicker if your air is drier. Uh, it makes life a little bit easier for us. But uh, so for me, it looks like it'll be good. Uh, Elisa, what's your weather? Pool weather? Well, we've. I spent seven hours in the pool yesterday. <laughs> I got in at ten thirty in the morning and didn't get out till about a quarter of six. I was gonna say it's amazing. You're not a raisin by now. Yeah, that's what I, I kept looking at my fingers and my legs, and <laughs> I would just get out to run to the house, go to the bathroom, fill my iced tea, run back outside, drink iced tea, run back in the house, go to the bathroom. It was just that vicious cycle. Literally rinse and repeat there. Yeah, just vicious cycle. Um, it was like 105 yesterday with the heat index, and it stayed that cool because it was cloudy. Had the clouds not been there, it probably would have been at least 110 and about 95 degrees. I think it, was, I think it reached about 93. Today was about 90, but the sun was shining the thing was, it was, well, I can't remember now if it was 100, and, if it reached 102 today. I don't think it reached that quite that high. I can't remember now. But it was 16 mile an hour wind. So it was pretty mm-hmm. windy. Mm-hmm. So that kind of took away. But around mid morning tomorrow, it's supposed to rain and rain for the next 24 hours. And at one point, according to the weather app, by about four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, it's supposed to be down to 68. Oh, oh, nice. So that'll actually cool huge, things off. That's yeah. a huge drop. And then starting yeah. Wednesday, it's going to start creeping back up into the 80s, up to the high 80s by ne- by the end of the week. Yeah, you still got to get through, through to all, all, uh, August yet. <laughs> well, for us, what happens is when you get to August, you get the warm days but the cooler nights. Mm-hmm. So the pool temperature drops. Right now, our pool is 82. Oh, I see. Yeah. The pool's 82 right now. So <laughs> we spent the afternoon in the pool. Yeah. You know, since yeah, we only get to use it, the day. you know, we only get to use it three months out of the year. So I take advantage. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Okay. So, okay. Having established our baseline here, <laughs> Melissa, what is your, what is your pick for this week? <laughs> well, speaking of pools, <laughs> I was waiting for Elisa to talk about her pool so that I could say this. So, so our, our, let's see, our play money goal here was 600 to 825 so i found a pool that fit nicely in there 749.99 it's on sale it was over a thousand dollars 
This is an Intex 18 foot by 52 inch Ultra XCR pool set. It's not just a pool, it's a, it's a set with a sand filter pump, a ladder, a ground cloth, and pool cover. So this is a nice big round pool. I don't have room for this in my yard, but if I did, it's I would. Uh, this would be very very tempting. And if you know, of course, I have Ryan Gosling or Chris Hemsworth as a pool boy. Yeah, no mm-hmm. brainer. <laughs> that, I think that's perfectly reasonable. I feel so bad because this whole summer, like the school year is almost upon us. Like we're, we have about two weeks left, I think, until, you know, we even have like a back to school night. So it's coming. School is coming. Oh, yeah. My and, son, my teacher's son is visiting and he goes back August 5th. Yeah, we go back yeah. August 1st. My husband, yeah. my husband has to be back even sooner for prep and all that stuff. Crazy. And we yeah. only got to the pool that one time. And then, of course, you guys know what happened. I got severely burnt. <laughs> and it wasn't even just, it was the sunburn that, that really did it. It was just too hot. It has been too, too hot. The sun has been too brutal here to go out and be in the pool for any length of time. So it is just not worth it. We just stay inside. We just try to stay stay as cool as we can. I mean, sometimes I literally sit with ice packs on me because I just can't seem to cool off. Kevin knows a thing or two about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel bad. Like, I only took my kids to the pool one time this entire summer. Maybe we'll try to squeeze another another pool trip in there. I mean, if we had one, it would be nice. But even people, like, people always say, oh, you have a pool, right? Like, no, because they're really high maintenance. There is just a lot. They are high maintenance and expensive. Yeah. But we don't have air yeah. conditioning. Right. So, so yeah, kind of balances it out a little bit, huh? We go out there. Yep. Yep. So that's okay. my pick as a pool. Cool off okay. in the pool. And apparently Elisa wants to be uh, humble. Or no, humidity. There we go. That's uh, uh, dehumidifier. Okay, this is a Colzer dehumidifier, 140 pints, 17 gallons. This is $699 on Amazon. And like I said, we do not have air conditioning. So uh-huh. when my, su- my, my son just came up from Virginia, came up on Friday, and he has central air in his house. And when he walked in this house on Friday, he goes, oh, my God, I'm going home. <laughs> how am I going to sleep in this house? I said, I well, I, put, I said, I put the box fan back. Yeah. I put the box fan in your room. He's like BFD. <laughs> uh-huh, <yeah. laughs> it's just, it's just too hot. So my That's house so is, funny, ex- yeah. my house is super, super. I, I do have a with my dad when I go to visit him. I'm like, Oh my God, how can you stand up? But see, he's only one person. He does see, have we, air conditioning, but he doesn't use it because he like, well, see, we have one it. in our bedroom. We have a you know, window unit in our bedroom mm-hmm. and we yeah. have one in the game room, but we cannot put central air in our house because we have gas, hot water. Oh. So in order to switch it to gas hot air, it uh-huh. would be in over in the tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, and that's what that's not what we ended it. up doing. It was ten grand for our HVAC, and now it's ten years old, and we have to start saving for another. Yeah. That's it's, that's about how long it lasted. The compressor starting to go. It yeah, yeah, it is. It's a hassle. It's a racket like a pool. Same kind of thing. But it's like oh my god, we can't really survive without it. We were just watching some home videos. Um, we just celebrated our fifteenth wedding anniversary, and we were looking at all the all this like our house, like how it looked fifteen years ago. And I was like oh my god, how long did we live with a swamp cooler for crying out loud? You know. And then yeah. the kids came along. The, the second pregnancy, I was like I can't survive without air. In, in your case, yes, but for us. It's you can get in the long run. It. In the long run, it's not worth it. And I ended up, yeah. well, I don't know if Mike can see it, but I ended up going to Target a couple weeks ago and I bought a tower fan. So I uh-huh. kind of bring that around with me. <laughs> so like right fault. now, right now it's, behind, it's not on right now, but it's behind me. And like when I'm eating breakfast in the morning, heat, I, like, I have you know, two I, words for you. Tower fan. Yep, get a tower I fan. Plug it in in the kitchen while Stick I'm eating breakfast. And yep, that's what so, I do. So a dehumidifier just to get all the moisture out of the air. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is you have at least one fan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes two. 
Sometimes Ooh, too. Oh, oh boy. Okay. And uh, finishing out this trifecta of heat here, or trifecta of hell, whatever you want to call it, uh, I have a mobile air conditioner. Uh, uh-huh. And um, it looks like it does the evaporative cooling. So um, I believe that you put uh, ice in there and then you sit near it and it will blow across you and mm-hmm. cool you off. Although some of these pictures look, you know. Uh, yeah, you, they're very sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it makes ice because it's, it's like great. encased in this glacier. Jeez. You know, it's like, oh, no, it's not, people. It's just you put ice in there and it blows across you. But I've had experience not with the ice part so much, but with an evaporative yeah. cooler, as you call it, a swamp yeah. cooler. Swamp because cooler, yeah. on the farm we had a tractor that had a cab on it but no air conditioning, and yeah. that thing was hot as hell. You had the windows open, you had the fan blowing, it just wouldn't cool you off. And so we bought this thing, an aftermarket device. You cut a hole in the top, you put it in, you put water in there, it has this uh, mm-hmm. pad that goes around and it blows air across mm-hmm. it. And the idea being that uh, if the air is dry, the moisture going through there will suck away a little bit of heat. And it will, and it did cool it off as long as it wasn't humid outside. If it's humid outside, then yeah, it's then not it going to do work. anything. No, yeah. it, so, but, these things do pretty well out here in the southwest. Even just yeah. on our backyard, we ended up having to get something similar but different. It's a tower fan, but it's a you know round cylindrical pedestal fan, if you will, and it hooks up to the hose. So it actually hmm. blows a mist. It's a misting fan is what it is. That's what I was looking for. And and you can hmm. just sit there and the mist will, will keep you cool. Even like we have splash pads out here. I think they have them out there too. But even splash pads, just the mist from a splash pad is enough to just kind of cool you off a little bit so you can tolerate being outdoors. And you just, you, you can go in there and get soaked in five minutes, you'll be dry. It's that hmm. dry here. Yes, and to anticipate Kevin's response, yes, we know winter's coming. Shut the hell up, Kevin. Winter's uh, coming. Yeah. Three against one, Kevin. Not yes. soon enough. Yeah, because when it rolls Well, two around, and a half we'll... against one. We'll say sure. two and a half against one and a half. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, when uh, this time in the winter, we'll probably be talking about heaters or something like that. But, right. Uh, so, yeah. That's I, when I'll be telling you that there's there's a guest room here. Come on, pack your bags. <laughs> Uh, don't tempt me. I might do that. You'd never know. Well, uh, that would mean I'd have to travel. Okay. Uh-huh. And One I, day I, there's going to be a knock on your door. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Can your we Wi-Fi enter? password. Have, have you, you know, uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to come up with a joke that's not going to be re- re- religiously offensive right. and it's just failing. So anyway, uh, anyway. So, uh, okay, we've geeked out about our movies and the moon and we're over the moon about movies or something like that. I don't know. We're kind <laughs> that's of a good show one. Title. I like that. Um, but, uh, so this is the point where we introduce ourselves so people know where to, uh, uh, go if they want to hear more about a single, uh, over there. And so anyway, Melissa, where can people find out more about you? You can find me online all over at the Mac mommy or at my website, the And Lisa, where, uh, where can people find out about you? On Twitter, it's at Sensei Die, and also 3GeekyLadies.com with the number three spelled out, which is the podcast I do with Vicki Stokes and Suze Gilbert, which I'm going to be recording as soon as I hang up with these two. Okay. <laughs> so so this, this is my night of recording. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is a record recording. No iced tea for you. Oh, uh, right uh, here. <laughs> this one's almost gone. Got to fill it up again. Well, now I'm just thinking of, uh, was it Eminem? I, uh, ice Ice Baby? No, that was... Uh, Vanilla Ice. Was it? Mm-hmm. Vanilla ice. Yeah, okay, ice, there we go. Ice, baby. baby. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of a uh, theme going. Anyway, so uh, we'll 
shutting up, moving along, so we can get this done, so Lisa can go do her stuff. So mm-hmm. you can find me at uh, DSC Chipman on Twitter, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak, that's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to find out more about the show, head over to geekiestshowever.com. Reviews and comments on iTunes are always welcome, and we thank everyone that does that. We hope you've enjoyed this show as much as we have, and don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek. Now, you also like taking things apart. Yeah. You took apart one of my old G5 Macintoshes. Yep. That's a huge computer. It weighs more than you do almost. What do you think that was like? Well, it was fun. Was it kind of confusing, or did you kind of figure out what things are, or? Well, at the end, I had a whole bunch of, I had some screws in a cup, mm-hmm. and it was, um, I forgot where they went, so yeah. I kept on trying to, to find out where they went. And you took almost everything out of that machine, the fans and the hard drives and the RAM and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Do you like doing stuff like that? Yeah. Do you think a lot of kids your age like to take stuff apart and put them back together? Well, I think they would, but they never talk about it. No? Do you ever talk about it? Yeah. Yeah? I think I would like that. You like that? Tech Fan Podcast. Calm, rational, and family-friendly. Every Friday.